Hey, Bob WP here, and welcome to Do the Woo, the WooCommerce Builder Podcast, episode 224. This show is brought to you by NitroPack, the all-in-one solution for performance optimization of your client's sites, and the Dot Store with a collection of WooCommerce plugins to fit any need you might have for that next client build. I'll tell you more about our pod friends later in the show, but let's get started as Anna and Abba are joined by Colm Troy for another Woo Builder story. Colm has been in the Woo space almost since the beginning, and a developer in the bigger WordPress ecosystem before that. So let's head on into the show. Hello, and we're here for another episode of the Woo Builder Stories. And today we're going to Ireland. We we do a lot of traveling, don't we, Anna? Yes, we do. We have Colm Troy, a developer and WooCommerce specialist from, from Dublin. And talking to him today is myself, Abba Takor, and Anna Radu. Colin, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Abba. Delighted to be here. And thank you, Anna. Uh, it's uh, super. T- I'm a long time listener, first time caller to uh, Do The Woo. So delighted to be here. Nice. Welcome. Welcome. Now, Colin, it's it's really nice to have you on the show today because you're actually celebrating 10 years of doing WooCommerce at a, at a quite dedicated level. So that's really nice that you could spend some time to come and chat to us about that journey and hopefully inspire some of our other listeners into making their career as part of WooCommerce. Uh, do you know what? I didn't even realize it was 10 years till you just said <laughs> it, Abba. So, uh, yeah, I guess I'll uh, I'll take your word for that. Yeah, it is 10 years. My gosh. You must be proud. Congratulations. Most of us don't last that long, you know. <laughs> it certainly doesn't feel like 10 years, that's for sure. But in many ways. But in some ways it does, in some ways it doesn't. A lot has changed, but time mm-hmm. is, you know, moving on at a rapid cadence. That's what happens when you're passionate. <laughs> yeah, tell us more. So where would you like me to start? Well, why don't you why don't you take us back? We we love time travel on this show. So, <laughs> you know, take us take us back cuz you've actually got quite an interesting journey and and one that I think will inspire lots of people who have taken an academic route first and not gone into WooCommerce as a as an extra from doing WordPress development. So you started in e-commerce and e-business. So take us back to there and what inspired you to start looking at doing that academically? Well, I guess if I go right back to where my origin story is, I guess, with all this kind of weird web stuff, I am probably in the uh, early well, not, let's not go too far back, but say in the late 90s, I wrote my first HTML, um, probably about 1997 when I was in college. I hope that doesn't age me too much. But um, wh- Just when I had five years or something like that. <laughs> it's not that late. It's, it's early enough, yes. Yeah, yeah. So it was, um, I think it was really, I, I actually started off doing all this kind of stuff uh, in the middle of a business degree. So I think at one point I thought it was going to be an accountant. And um, I'd always been tinkering with computers and Commodore 64s and all that kind of stuff. But even back then, it kind of almost seemed like, you know, that accounting was a much more sensible kind of career, if that makes sense. Um, and the web really wasn't, you know, on, our, on my radar. And thankfully, I ended up in a degree program that had quite a good technical stream to it. And one of the things we did was we messed around with access databases that never really floated my boat. 
And then one day we said introduction to web design and it was like, okay, give this a shot. And, you know, I think I wrote my first blink tag and all that kind of stuff. And the rest was history. I was hooked. You know, I was sitting there in notepad on a old Windows 95 machine, banging out HTML. And, uh, you know, it was a, then a short hop and a skip over to view, viewing source on uh, whatever web page that was out there. And uh, it, uh, I suppose, it became a real passion. I, some of our li- listeners probably remember the likes of GeoCities and Angel Fire and all those early web properties and, you know, uh, animated GIFs and Simpsons, WAV files on websites, you name it. I was drinking the Kool-Aid and I was hooked and it was very much a hobby and, you know, spent far too much time, you know, doing that and not really paying attention to the, to the accountancy stuff. So anyway, got my got my degree and kind of, you know, as, as many, many of us would have done over that time, it was a nights and weekends hobby thing, started building websites for um, friends along the way and ended up doing a, a master's in e-commerce as a um, postgraduate course out in DCU and um, found scripts like MathScript Archive, which is where there's lots of Perl scripts and hot scripts. These are great sites back in the day. And funny enough, MathScript Archive is still online. Again, for some listeners who may have found the web around that time, it's still there, which is which is hard to believe all these years later. Uh, it was a great place for finding Perl scripts to do contact forms and all that kind of stuff. Um, and that really, I suppose, led me into, you know, one day just being very curious about, you know, what websites technology was running on and discovered this strange extension called PHP3 that started appearing on random websites every now and again. I was like, whoa, what's, what is that? What is that technology? And uh, again, just I suppose that's where I first found PHP. And again, hot scripts would hold, you know, basically you have a script for everything you want to do. You could spin up your own, you know, uh, Facebook equivalent through some sort of PHP script back then and spent hours just tinkering whatever scripts appeared there. Um, was building LMS systems part-time for DCU or at my university at the time, worked for a startup in Leipzig um, where we were building out um, very early uh, bookkeeping systems online. It just kind of gradually kind of just got sucked into the world of web technology instead of the accountancy was a distant dream, uh, distant. No regrets. Uh, it, it, it was long gone at that point. Yeah, thank God. But you've talked about, you've talked about in your talks for WordCamps as well that actually – having studied accountancy and gone on to do e-commerce, it was a really good grounding. Yeah. So it wasn't all of a waste. No, absolutely not. And I mean, I suppose to this day, I mean, I'm running a business. That's probably my main job these days is running a business. So it's very much, you know, was certainly worth it and certainly gave gave us a very good, um, you know, analytical way of approaching things. I I don't regret any of the time I spent doing it. I had a great time in, 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 in university. Um, but I guess there was just always that kind of, it was, you know, I think web technology found me as opposed to me finding it and it kind of just kept dragging me in and just spending more and more time. And that's where, you know, kind of, I suppose the e-commerce I entered the, you know, once I graduated from college, I found myself, um, was right just at the, you know, I just came out of university right when the dot-com bust kicked off. So it was absolutely the worst time to go looking for any kind of job to do with anything digital. The complete opposite to today, right? I mean, today, you, you know, there's opportunities abound. Um, so I ended up actually starting off working in a web agency in Dublin where uh, my main job was in business development and sales, lead generation, which was... I, there you, know, you go. The school of hard knocks where I basically was cold calling customers and law firms in Dublin, trying to, you know, 
rustle up business. And that's literally, I suppose, what I cut my teeth in from a web agency perspective and did spend quite a bit of time working on the business development part of a digital agency. Um, But slowly over time, you know, the coding thing came back in and certainly would have done a huge amount of work um, on the day job, just leading teams, building out e-commerce websites for many of the many of the household names, both in Ireland and UK, who were going online for the first time back then. Um, we would have been building out bespoke, you know, online software to build out, you know, for example, selling car insurance online, which now no one, you know, thinks twice about. Back then, it was kind of unheard of. It was like, how are we going to sell car insurance online? And we were building, you know, nothing. There was no WordPress. There was no WooCommerce. It didn't exist. So we were building all those things from scratch and figuring out the hard way how to do it. And uh, yeah, it was it was a very interesting time. Um, I don't think I'd like to go back there now. Things are much easier today, uh, but certainly learned a lot and, you know, uh, I suppose figured out how to do all these things the hard way. Does that help in terms of how you use WooCommerce? Do you use it differently because you've worked things out the long way around first? I think so. I mean, at a certain point, um, you know, whether it's WordPress, WooCommerce, Shopify, you name it. There are certain kind of fundamentals which are agnostic to the particular technology stack. You know, when it gets to a certain scale with certain customers, the tech stack is only one small part of the overall, you know, picture of how somebody operates online. You know, when you're thinking about how many orders per second a website can process, um woocommerce is certainly you know a key part of that but there may be bottlenecks somewhere else which may be indirectly related to woocommerce but you know you're looking more at the overall infrastructure that's in place and a lot of those things you know i learned i learned a lot of mistakes 15 years ago which i'll never make again you know based on understanding right when we're talking about you know sending out a million emails to to a big customer base um you know, you, it doesn't really matter which platform you have in place. You have to have the, the necessary infrastructure in place to be able to handle that kind of traffic. Um, so those are things that are, I suppose, kind of slightly separate from, from WooCommerce itself and are just more general how you scale for the web. So you obviously have a very rich background. It sounds like you tried everything. Like if, <laughs> if you would tell me that you even recorded jingles for you know people calling customer service so they they don't get bored i would believe you honestly didn't get to the jingles not quite but you know look other than that everything i'm always learning anna there's still time (laughs) we might still go the jingle route at some point yeah you can definitely give it a try i saw you have a really beautiful um and active youtube channel so there's room for that maybe you can it's not as active as I wish it was. You know, it's like it's one of those things where we are start off the year and say, I'm going to do a video a week or a vi- and the video yeah, a week yeah, quickly yeah. becomes a video a month. And then it's like, wait a minute, it's April. and We haven't recorded a video yet in 2022. Yeah. <laughs> so it's absolutely. Well, we're going to we're going to put a link to that YouTube channel yeah. from this podcast. So hopefully that will inspire you to record oh, have to, that, next, to do something now, that so. next video, which will be absolutely fabulous. You've also so going from your studying background and learning how to do e-commerce on the web, you then moved into doing WooCommerce itself in 2012, which is still pretty early, yeah. um, you know, into, into taking on that technology, but particularly focusing on theme design, which also you're um, a great advocate of in terms of contributing to the community on themes. And I think I've done a couple of contributor days with you where you've, you know, you've talked through to, with people how to do themes for for WordPress, and I'm sure 
that's been something that's been useful as you've moved to WooCommerce. So hopefully you can just tell us a little bit more about, you know, getting into that, but how also people can contribute yeah. to both the WordPress community and the WooCommerce community to help develop their skills, but and to give back. Yeah, well, so I guess we were, uh, sorry, I particularly was quite early in WooCommerce in that um, I'd actually been building themes for open source CMS platforms for many, many years, even before I first started building themes for system, content management systems like PHP Nuke and Post Nuke, which even predate um, WordPress and had been doing that kind of on and off as a nights and weekends project from probably 2003, 2004 onwards. So, and I think I first found Gigo Shop, which would have been um, James Coster and Mike Jolly, who'd done previous work in 2011. And I was absolutely blown away. I never forget the first day I seen that system. It was really around the time when responsive design was really becoming, you know, a critical, um, you know, aspect of, of web design technology. And Gigashop and the themes that came with it just had this as first class citizens. It was just streets ahead of anything that had come into the WordPress uh, community before. And, you know, I suppose people even forget that even before WooCommerce existed, there was e-commerce within WordPress. There was things like I had built um, a few Cart66 websites. I'd built Shop with two Ps. And they were great platforms. Like, they were really ahead of their time in many respects, but they always fell a bit short. So when WooCommerce, then when when the guys uh, in WooThemes kind of took on the mantle and, and really started to build out WooCommerce, it was it was just such a you know, what really kind of drew me to it is like suddenly you had at your disposal, you know, the kind of tools that previously web agencies would have charged, uh, you know, and I charged them. So I know this firsthand between 50 and $100,000 to build equivalent e-commerce platforms um, minimum, you know, and you all of a sudden it was completely open source to the community, which was, you know, which was Un- unbelievable at the time and still is i mean i think <laughs> not to play that get off my long card but you know i think sometimes we can take for granted what we have and we, you know me included sometimes we complain about things and it just doesn't do this and doesn't do that but it really is incredible you know how far things have come within both the wordpress and, and woocommerce community over the last you know 10 years or so um as i was said and i suppose to the point around you know contributions i mean that's purely down to the community um i mean the woocommerce community in particular i mean that has always kind of it's been a natural extension of the wordpress community and that was really i suppose what i you know i've i've seen many different open source platforms come and go and you know wordpress has stood the test of time you know it's read and it's gone from strength to strength and we have our squabbles like any you know every community and every family does but I mean, it's a very precious thing. Like if you look around the web and you look at other communities, first of all, nothing like this really existed elsewhere in software collaboration, you know, before WordPress to, to, the, to the extent that WordPress has this. Um, and even to this day, you know, there are many communities that are quote unquote open source. They're not really, you know, and they don't have the same vibrant community associated with them. Um, they don't have the same kind of, you know, f- a very approachable, friendly, inclusive um, culture. And I guess that, you know, has come from the top down and has really, I suppose, you know, with the likes of Abba and yourselves has really kind of blossomed and, and con- continues to this day. So contribution, while I don't do as much of it as I would like to do, um, uh, I, I do try my best. And I think it's very important to keep to nurture that and to protect it and to and to try and continue to have that thrive over the years. 
I believe that being part of this community, being so close to the community has helped you maybe shape your thinking. You witnessed some really major shifts happening and you could see also the business side of it because you were involved in in doing business, working with big companies. Um, and I was wondering, how does this shape your thinking across the years? Like it's a decade since you started doing that and you still kept going on. Do you think that it might have influenced your decisions throughout your career path um, or maybe it has developed more your business thinking? How do you feel about what you've seen by being close to the it's, community? It's, it absolutely has affected our thinking. I mean, here's the thing, right? It's constantly changing. I mean, the whole, like, I suppose this, there's many different aspects and facets to what we're talking about here. There's the WooCommerce community itself. There's then the whole e-commerce ecosystem itself, which is rapidly changing. You know, we've, you know, as the world slowly fell asunder over the last couple of years you know the whole e-commerce probably leaped forward about five years in terms of its natural evolution with you know the, the massive rush to people going online um and just i suppose we are constantly having to kind of re-evaluate and recalibrate our thinking about you know what it is that we do um what it is that our customers look for um and i guess even You know, the project itself, WooCommerce and WordPress itself is undergoing massive changes, you know, but with Gutenberg, but with even with, and that's just within WordPress itself, never mind WooCommerce. Um, so it's a very, I mean, it's not for the faint of heart, right? It's like the pace of change has just continued to accelerate and probably will continue to accelerate. I mean, it's, I think it's just, we're into a whole new world of since the pandemic. I mean, I think a lot of people who've gone online, They're still there. They haven't gone. It's going to be great, you know, great for people to come back, you know, to to be able to see people in the flesh again. But there's certainly, I think, there has been some transformative changes that have happened. Um, and you know, it, you know, for for us as a business ourselves, we're certainly reaching a lot more WooCommerce merchants than we probably would have um, before that. And I guess from a even just a you know, a, 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 I suppose our own personal mission. Previously, we would have worked with you know, in years gone by running a digital agency, we would have had maybe a hundred customers who would have been paying quite a lot for our services. Whereas today, you know, our business is maybe 20,000 customers. And now I suppose our mission is to try and reach as many WooCommerce merchants as possible. And that's definitely a change, you know, that's that's happened over over the over those 10 years. Um, and yeah, I mean, and, and central to that is, you know, I guess, you know, what, what attracts people to e-commerce in the first place is the community and, you know, everything that comes with that. Hey everyone, Bob WP dropping into the show for a short break to tell you more about our two pod friends and to thank them for their amazing support. If you're looking for an all-in-one site speed optimization solution for you or your clients, and one that is trusted by over 100,000 sites, look no further than NitroPack. With easy setup and automatically run optimizations, such as advanced caching mechanism, image optimization stack, code minification and compression, critical CSS and built-in CDN, your clients will be on their way to increased conversion rates, a better user experience, and an easy pass with their core web vitals. Want to learn more? Just head over to nitropack.io. And if you're going to WordCamp Europe, Nitropack will be there. So make sure and stop by their booth, say hi, and enjoy a nice chat with the team. 
For every new client site comes new needs. And if you're looking for that right plugin for the next project, consider checking out the Dot Store. The team at the Dot Store developed their plugins for easy customization of your client sites. You can find solutions for adding extra fees, product attachments, dynamic pricing and discount rules, or product samples. Maybe you need to set up specific shipping for multi-vendor for advanced USPS or perhaps hidden methods for your shipping. They have this and a lot more. But also you can get a Woo bundle that will fill a lot of your build needs in one nice package. So for that next project, why don't you head over to thedotstore.com and give them a try on your next build. Make sure and check out both of these pod friends. And now let's get back to the show. So you, you started your first blog in 2006 on WordPress. Yeah. And, um, you know, you've been a, a WordPress meetup organizer, a WordCamp organizer, had the privilege of working alongside you when we um, did the first Northern Ireland and Ireland WordCamp combined. Two times, I think we've done that. That's um, right, indeed. Nice. And in all of those areas, I think one of the things that I noticed was that you were able to not only look at from the e-commerce perspective what the changes were and be able to share that, which is really important because for a lot of um, developers coming new to this, not understanding the changes is half the battle. I'm certainly, I will put you down as one of the people that made me think, well, actually, maybe I should be giving to in terms of core and not just going I you know haven't got time and subsequently I think I've been on every release since 5.4 and it is from people like yourselves sharing that to keep up with the pace of change sometimes you need to do that as part of a community and not do that in isolation because it can be overwhelming absolutely which brings me very nicely on to to something that because um, you've obviously developed WooCommerce plugins and WooCommerce themes as well, and I'm just intrigued to know is that something that you know you first saw yourself as doing when you started off in this environment because you you and your firm now specialize in in very client facing things very lots of expansion, but you've kept your hand in there in terms of actually writing plugins and themes i have well not as much as i probably would like to i mean it's 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 when you have to you know run any business that starts to grow you end up having to run the business right that's your first job you got to make sure the bills get paid and make sure everyone gets paid and and do all the things that come with that but yeah i, I mean coding's been my passion it's it's always been something that i've enjoyed doing um and you know, I suppose we've structured our business in such a way that we still get to to do those things when we when, when time affords them. Sometimes maybe doing more of it than than we should. And certainly, you know, areas that we uh, tend to specialize in now, things like conversion optimization and web performance optimization. It really, you know, th- those are things that do require you to get very close to the metal and really understand the inner workings of how to scale certain things and not just scaling things, but just how front-end technologies are evolving, how browsers are evolving. Um, and it's, it is it is something that, yes, there are more and more people paying attention to that now, which is a good thing. We've been talking about it for years and people kind of went, yeah, that's, that's interesting, but, you know, it's not really that important is a column and we take a deep sigh and walk away and live to fight another day. Whereas, you know, Google suddenly 
about a year and a half ago when they came out with their Google page experience updates and Google Core Web Vitals, everything changed. And suddenly, you know, suddenly that kind of stuff that we've been banging on about for years, suddenly people really sat up and took notice and started paying attention to it, which is great because I'm very passionate about, you know, ensuring that the web is as fast as possible for lots of reasons, for, you know, inclusivity, for a climate, you've spoken to Tom uh, Tom Greenwood from Whole Grain Digital on recently, and he's very passionate about that as well. I listened to him speak about that actually in WordCamp Europe in Paris many years ago, and you know validated a lot of the things I'd been thinking about in my head at the time, but really didn't know how to articulate them as well as Tom did. Um, and you know, it's not just about speed for speed's sake; it's that people in emerging economies are on are on very low powered, slow internet connections to this day, um, and you know accessibility is also things like, you know, when you're designing a WooCommerce store or WordPress website, it's ensuring that it's fast for, for everybody um, is very important. And and all those web servers that are sitting in the cloud and all the bytes that are consumed and all the bandwidth we consume has a direct impact on climate. Um, you know, so and people don't really... You know, I think that's still even, you know, despite the likes of Tom talking and extolling the virtues of years, I still think people kind of look at you funny when you say that, um, you know, they don't really grasp grok the two. But, you know, this stuff is becoming more and more important. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I try to tr- try to keep my hands dirty, so to speak, in terms of, of, of coding as much as possible, because it's important to what we do. Um, so, yeah. It's, uh, but I don't get to do half as much as I'd like to. Because yeah, you co-founded um, Commerce Gurus yes. with Simon Tompkins. I think that's now 2014. Yes. So you've been going a fair while. And if I'm right, didn't you, or weren't you one of the first theme shops to specialize in creating WooCommerce themes? Yeah, pretty much. After WooThemes themselves, we were the first ones out of the gate. And I always say we were the first, but obviously I have to correct myself immediately and say, well, hang on, WooThemes were, <laughs> they were the first there. But yeah, and that was really, I suppose, off the back of, we could see what had been happening um, for the few years, you know, while we were doing in our agency, more and more work when we were, and Simon actually, my, my co-founder, worked in the same agency uh, and we worked together. We'd been building out lots of WordPress websites. We could see what was happening with WooCommerce. I had been building WooCommerce themes just, you know, as a nights and weekends thing for a couple of years before we made the leap. And then in 2014, we said, look, this is something, this is too big an opportunity for us not to do it. Um, You know, and obviously like starting any business, it's scary, tough decision to do, but it, it was the right thing to do. We were, you know, we were very confident that what, we could we could bring the bag of tricks that we had learned in our you know digital agency land and bring something kind of new and unique to the WooCommerce space. And uh, I guess we're still here eight years later, Touchwood. So it's kind of half worked out at least. I promised um, Anna that we wouldn't mention food to, the, to nearer the end of the <laughs> interview. Fine. So I'm hoping that I'm okay to mention it now because then and then she has to she has to tell me about it too. So. We've talked a lot about WooCommerce and with all of our our guests, we always want to know if there was nothing, no barriers, there was, life was just something that you could choose what exactly you want to do. What kind of WooCommerce store would you have? What for your own personal hobby? Mm. Now, rumors have it that, um, Colm, in your, in your time when you're not contributing and you're not doing WooCommerce and whatever else that, um, you know, climbing up mountains... <laughs> You have a penchant for making pizza and sourdough pizza. So would that be your WooCommerce store? 
I have no idea what you're talking about, Abba. <laughs> I don't know. I don't like pizza at all. No. Uh, I think it would. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's 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 funny, right? Because you and I have talked about that many times over the years. And uh, it's it's it was it was, I found it really I had a little chuckle, you know, around March of 2020 when all of a sudden everybody in the world decided to become a sourdough uh, starter expert. And I'd been doing that stuff for about 10 years on and off, really badly, mind you, you know, but it was like the only way to do this in the beginning is to do it badly and, you know, let a few cultures die and all that kind of stuff. So what I started, yeah, I mean, it's funny. I actually, one of my own starters that I've had longest running ones for probably 12 years now, actually bought online from a guy way back in the day who sold, uh, I think it was like called sourdough.com or something. I don't even know if it's still online, but he was selling these kind of weird cultures from Ischia, which is an island just off uh, the coast of Sorrento down in the Bay of Naples. And uh, he would freeze dry them and sell, you know, wrap them up in foil and sell them online. And I think, you know, it's, it was, it's, it was like, I was like, there's no way I'm going to be able to find something. And I was like, sure enough, there was a guy selling it online. You know, you think, well, you can't sell that online. So maybe it would, Abby. Yeah, maybe I'd, I'd start to, to take some of those cultures and free dry them and all that kind of stuff. You, you could. Mm. And and I think we need to know what Anna's favourite topping would be. Because oh, I think you're going to have to make sure you sell that. <laughs> so Anna, uh, what, what topping would you like Colm to, mm. to have in his in his fantasy WooCommerce store? That's that's a very hard question to answer. I was actually sharing with Colm and with you right before we started the show today that I'm a big, big foodie. So <laughs> I think that the best topping in the world is the one that you do not have to make personally. So whatever someone else makes for you, Very of good. course, with care and love, that's the best thing ever. So yeah, I would I would just go, I would trust him. Do whatever do, you want. Do you, know, do you know you need to record Anna saying this because that could be on your WooCommerce store. <laughs> yeah. They're made with care and yes. love. I, I'm hungry already. Um, whatever. And they... So you'll be glad to know um, that I'm actually writing a, a series of, of pieces about making WooCommerce stores that with analogy of sourdough. So, I... Colm, we are going to have to have that included <laughs> and we're going to have to Very include good. that and then come over to Anna and include the toppings idea. Sounds good. Because it is, it is about this making WooCommerce sites and helping people grasp what is involved, not being frightened of it, going to the kind of community events that Anna mm. has been so instrumental in and, and the whole WooCommerce community is actually how we get people there. Yeah. It's telling the story in accessible ways. It's making that, you know, it's just like a pizza store. <laughs> what would you put? Making making sourdough, um, I think is the intro to, you know, one of my the chapters we've got about how you can get lots of things wrong, but get in there, have a go. Yeah, make mistakes, make mistakes. I, I mean, I, I sometimes uh, I remember the first meetup, WordCamp meetup, uh, sorry, WordPress meetup I went to here in Dublin, and this, uh, uh, this many, many moons ago, and I almost be, I was very nervous going along to it. It's like, oh my god, like what's, what's going to be happening here? And it was kind of, you know, when I look back now after running, you know, the meetup for for, for many times, I kind of almost like it, no one really told me. Just come along, you know. Don't don't be afraid to make mistakes. Everybody's winging it. Everybody's trying to figure this thing out. It's it's, and I think some people get put off, which isn't you know, it's just the nature of of, of the way of things, I guess. But so I would always say to people, look, do not be, you know, no one's there going to try and catch out. Literally, everybody is there to just finding their way in the kind of, and it's changing constantly, you know. So you know, it's like what's what's happening in the community today is all new. You know, so it's like even the quote unquote experts, 
everyone's figuring out the block editor for the first time. Everyone's figuring out, you know, what what kind of let's everyone's figure out like how GDPR works. Everyone's figuring out how, you know, in Europe, all the new um, payment standards directives which are coming in, it's just constantly changing. So, you know, I would definitely say and, and block patterns. Yeah. Block patterns for we are going to be amazing. Absolutely. Absolutely amazing. Yeah, absolutely. If someone wants to get started now in the in the WooCommerce community, if they heard this or on the other podcast and they think, well, I mean, like I suppose here here in like every in every corner of the world, there's a meetup of some shape or form, right? And the meetups are the lifeblood, I think, of getting involved in every community. And I guess that's been hard to do in recent years. Um, I, I, I foresee that that'll come back very strong, you know, uh, in, in the next while. Um, but I, I mean, getting online virtually now with join Slack groups, you know, have a look at all the kind of work that's happening um, with the block editor. And that's a, that's a whole new world of opportunity to start getting involved in. Um, I mean, that's where I would start, but definitely with the meetups, because the meetups is where you do get the friendly phases, where you do get to talk to people. You do actually, yeah, they, everyone here is just like me. And this is this is new. I mean, that's I think that's the easiest way of, of doing it um, for all the kind of benefits of modern technology. There's still something very valuable to just sitting in a room with people and chatting about things. And, you know, just, you know, I don't know how many times I've been to meetups um, where, you know, we might have a topic and there might be someone speaking about something. And then we get into the Q&A and that's the really fun bit because people are there and they're like, I've been trying to build this WooCommerce website for six weeks and I just can't figure out X. And then all of a sudden you might have myself or Diego or Adolfo or one of our, you know, local, and we might have a 20 minute impromptu roundtable, you know, topic conversation about that specific issue. And then you'll, you know, you'll, you'll meet them afterwards for a drink in the pub and they'll tell you, you solved my problem. You know, I've, you've, you've, I've been looking online trying to solve that. I couldn't figure it out. And you've given me three ways I can solve that problem now. And then, you know, what's wonderful then is a couple of years later, you'll see maybe someone like that. And I think, Abba, we had this with WordCamp Dublin 2019. We had some of the early meetup members actually deliver talks at WordCamp, which was, you know, which was amazing to see. And I guess that's, you know, that's really what it's all about, I guess. And they're, I suppose you're, you're then kind of generating the next generation of people to, to grow the community. My very last question before I hand back to, to Anna is because before, in preparation for this, I asked around about what do people worried about in terms of WooCommerce that is getting started. And speed and performance comes up time and time again. So just, you know, if, if you have a couple of tips that we can put on the podcast page. Yeah, I mean... There's two aspects to this, and I'll try and keep this as simple as possible because I could quite literally talk for hours about this topic and I'll try and stop myself. So my apologies in advance, even if my short version is still too long, right? But there's two there's two kind of, if I was to leave you with two things specifically about speed and performance, I'll say this, right? So on, on the front end aspect to it, what you'll find is a lot of the kind of common guidance about speed and performance is kind of out of date now. Um, into, in, well, specifically to what I'm talking about with Core Web Vitals and the Google page experience. So Google Search Console and how Google is seeing your site performance is is far more valuable than whatever speed tool someone's pointing you towards, whether it's Web Page Test or GT Metrics or any of the other. And they're, still, they're all still very valuable tools for different reasons. But the one that's very important that we ourselves in our business have seen have a significant impact is Core Web Vitals. And the only place you'll find information about that is within Google Search Console. So you might find, and we've seen this, where sites that appear, quote unquote, to be loading slow, 
actually loading quite fast in Google's eyes. And that's the most important thing in terms of having a commercial impact. Now, like I said, there's a whole other chapter to that conversation about making things as fast as possible. But what you'll see in an individual lab environment is very different from what Google might see in its field data. So that's critical. And there's a few other links from some very knowledgeable people, far more knowledgeable than I on the topic that I can even give in in terms of the show notes just to that point. And then on the back end, so that's the front end, then the back end in terms of where you might see bottlenecks at scale, the secret weapon there is things like application performance monitoring. So tools like New Relic. New Relic is literally, I would not be able to do my job without New Relic. It's as simple as that. It is literally, you know, the nerve center of everything we do, both with our own business and some of the clients that we work with. So, you know, let's start with a simple example. Merchant says, my website is slow. You know, without something like an application performance monitoring tool like New Relic, you're going, you're having to kind of guess, is it this? Is it that? Will I switch off this plugin? An application performance monitoring suite will tell you exactly it's literally like an mri for your website that's the easiest way of explaining it so where the pain is coming from you can isolate that in literally minutes um and i've you know i've often seen people on facebook groups where they're saying oh have you tried this Do you have too many plugins have you done that and the other which hosting company are you with you can have very fast websites on shared hosting companies that some people give out about right you can have very slow websites in those equally the same on, on managed WooCommerce hosting environments as well. Without proper diagnostics, you're wasting your time quite often. You could be wasting days doing that. So there, there's two things. That's, that's I suppose, the very, very truncated uh, pitch I'd give you for two, two things that I definitely couldn't live without. That's awesome. Colm, I find it, and Alba, of course, I find it really beautiful how whenever we have someone on, on our show and we ask them about, you know, their career choices and their life stories, it all seems um, so well put together and so, um, you know, predictable, maybe. It seems like so reasonable. Yeah, 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 of course you did this and this and the other one. But this is only obvious when you get to the point where you would have been through all of the things, right? That's right. And I think that that's the most beautiful part of it, that we write our stories every day and with every choice and with every, you know, activity that we engage with. And if anything, I just hope that our audience will feel some kind of encouragement to just give new things a try and um, and to reach out to the people who have done that and especially to people like you who just... They wanted to get their hands dirty. They tried everything that they wanted to try and they failed. They succeeded with some stuff. But the idea is that they have someone that they can, you know, talk about, um, talk with about these topics. And it's really not that difficult. And the point you made about the community being really diverse and inclusive and helpful, I think that that should be should matter even more in, in this context. Absolutely. Well, like I said earlier, it's something we sometimes take for granted and we really shouldn't. It's a precious thing and it's very easy to lose it, um, you know, and it's something it does need to be nurtured. And uh, it's certainly it's 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 without doubt, you know, what keeps me very interested in 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 this the world of WooCommerce is is the community and the people around it. Colm, how can we contact you? Sure. Well, you'll get me on uh, Twitter. I have an incredibly inactive 
Twitter account. I have a very young family who keep me very busy these days. I once upon a time was an avid tweeter, but it's still there. It's uh, at Column Troy on Twitter. And uh, on commercegurus.com is where we spend most of our time publishing content. Um, my business partner, Simon, uh, is on a, I think he's on a, uh, uh, episode 143 of the, our newsletter, which we do weekly, which tries to you know, go look at the broader world of e-commerce, not just not just what's happening in WooCommerce, but also what's happening just in the wider world of e-commerce and things like that. So, um, uh, yeah, if you want to reach out to us, that's probably the two, two, two easiest places to find us. Thank you. That's awesome. A pleasure. Hey, everyone. Thanks again for tuning in to today's show. I'd like to give another shout out to our two pod friends. Make sure and check out nitropack.io for a powerful, optimized performance solution. And if you're at WordCamp Europe in early June, stop by their table and say hi. And for those special needs when it comes to enhancing your next client build, the .store.com has a great selection of Woo plugins to help you easily customize your client sites. Make sure and follow us at DoTheWoo on Twitter, over on our site at DoTheWoo.io, or on your favorite podcast app. So until the next time, keep on doing the woo.